This is the Far Out Podcast, Episode 6. Ho, ho, ho. Merry Christmas, everybody. I'm your host, Frank Hannon, and it is time to talk about the heavy metal hippie double IPA and Out of Bounds Brewing Company. Brought to you by the Monsters of Rock Cruise and Gibson Guitars. Merry Christmas, everybody. Today is Christmas Eve 2019. I'm Frank Hannon, your host of the Far Out Podcast. And on today's show, we're going to have Greg and Anthony from Out of Bounds Brewing Company talking about the making of my new brew, the Heavy Metal Hippie Double IPA. This conversation is really interesting because we break it down. I never knew how much of a science project that making beer really is. I mean, you have to keep track of Every single little detail from the temperature, the boiling of the water, the cracking of the grain, the grinding, the hops. There is a lot of details into making beer that we're going to discuss here on this podcast. Far out. Before we get into the interviews with Greg and Anthony, I'd like to have a little fun and talk about a few things here. You know, I have to be really honest. I used to be the total Scrooge. Yeah, that's right. Frank Hannon was a Scrooge. In my 20s, I hated Christmas. I thought I had all kinds of reason to hate it, you know, like the marketing and all the obvious commercialism that goes along with it. And, you know, when you're young, you find reasons to protest and try to, you know, rebel against society. Well, now I'm older and I've had a family. I've had kids. They're all grown up and gone now. And, you know, I find this time a time to reflect and a time to get some rest. Although I'm not resting, I'm working on Christmas Eve day and we'll probably be working tomorrow in the studio on something. Who knows? I had a great conversation with Joe Elliott yesterday from Def Leppard and that's going to come out on a future podcast probably in January. And Joe was telling me that on Christmas Day this year, he'll be editing his radio show to send into Sirius XM. And you know, Joe's a man after my own heart working on Christmas Day. But anyway, back to being a Scrooge. I'm no longer a Scrooge, man. I love Christmas. I love this time of year. I love friends and family. I love Jesus. Hey, I even love Santa Claus. Speaking of Santa Claus, do you think that Santa Claus is a heavy metal hippie? Are you wondering what exactly is a heavy metal hippie? Is it only a song or a killer new double IPA brew created by myself and Out of Bounds Brewing Company? Isn't it so much more than that? Is it beyond manifestation? A figment of your imagination? Is it the results of a microorganism growing and evolving into a state of mind? A mentality? A movement? A motion? A magical journey that mashes up musical varieties? Blending Judas Priest and Grateful Dead? Jimi Hendrix and Motorhead? Turning into a monstrous and a humanoid mental state of being with an open mind yet still having brutal strength and the drive to keep pushing 
on despite musical trends constantly changing. Being a heavy metal hippie means you are a free spirit, but you hold strong moral convictions, and sometimes you have to form boundaries, but you're not afraid to mosh in a mosh pit and twirl at the same time at a Grateful Dead show. Wait a minute, the Grateful Dead aren't even together anymore. But just use your imagination, people, because sometimes that's all we got is our imaginations. Sometimes you have to be extreme left, and sometimes you have to be extreme right, but find the middle ground and the balance to love everybody. There's always two sides to every story, and these dualities are not only reflected in the acoustic and electric aspects of the heavy metal hippie guitar style, but also in the pursuit of finding balance and sanity in this crazy world. Like a modern-day warrior with mean, mean stride, today's Tom Sawyer, mean, mean pride. Oh, wait a minute. Those are the words to a Rush song. What am I doing? I'm plagiarizing now. Actually, I'm just having a lot of fun, and I hope you enjoy this interview coming up because we crack open the first ever batch in a growler, and we drink it in celebration while recording the interview. So here's a cheers to all of you heavy metal hippies out there. Thank you so much for all your support, and I really look forward to seeing you guys at a show. And until then... Merry Christmas, Happy Holidays, and here's the interview with Greg and Anthony from Out of Bounds Brewing Company. Heavy Metal Hippie! All right, all you heavy metal hippies, be sure to come with us on the Monsters of Rock Cruise, February 8th, leaving out of Florida. Tesla will be rocking on the ship, and there will be a special heavy metal hippie out of bounds brewing company release of the Frank Hannon heavy metal hippie beer. Join us February 1st at Out of Bounds Brewing Company in Folsom, California for the Frank Hannon Band Show, celebrating the release of the heavy metal hippie. And we are celebrating the release by throwing a huge sail away party on the ship on the Monsters of Rock cruise February 8th. Hey, all you heavy metal hippies, this is Frank Hannon on the Far Out Podcast, and I'm sitting here with Greg Tui and Anthony Brown from Out of Bounds Brewing Company, and we have been working together on a new beer called the Heavy Metal Hippie Double IPA. I'm sure you've heard about it already because I've been real excited about it and talking about it on my last podcast. Fellas, how you doing? Doing great. Doing good, man. Thanks for having us. Yeah. yeah thanks for inviting us over here and... Uh... Looking forward to this. Okay, we are here popping the cork for the first time on the Heavy Metal Hippie Double IPA. Listen to this sound. Does that not sound delicious? It smells delicious. Yeah, buddy. Cheers, fellas. Cheers. Cheers. Put her in there. I'm with Greg and Anthony, and we are tasting the Heavy Metal Hippie Double IPA for the first time. Man, that tastes good. First time right out of the it tank. It is pretty tasty. I'm noticing a very amber color. What, what what do you call this color in technical beer making terms? Crystal clear. Amber would be appropriate, but uh, copper. Copper. Yeah, gold, copper color. Golden hued. And you know, yeah. and this is not bitter at all, really. I mean, it tastes it's, great. Thank you. Yeah, it's yeah it doesn't have a lot of lingering astringency or bitterness at all. It's got a really yeah, great West Coast IPA nose. Very West Coasty is what... Uh, us back at the brewery yesterday were describing it as West Coasty. So we just cracked open this brown bottle here, and man, I have to tell you, this stuff tastes great. 
Oh, yeah, thank you. Yeah, we're we're pleased with it. We're d- definitely happy. So, Greg, that's Greg who just said that there. Greg is the brewmeister, right? Am I saying yeah. that right? Uh, head brewer. Head brewer. A lot of people say brewmaster. Brewmaster. Uh, yeah, yeah. yeah. He's the brewmaster. Don't be shy, Greg. <laughs> Thank you. Yeah. And uh, so we're going to get into talking about how the beer is made and all the different beers that you've made and how you got interested in making beer. And we're also going to talk to Anthony Brown, who is in the medical profession and decided to do this as a hobby. Why don't you tell us about that, man? How'd you get started? Yeah. So, uh, yeah, I am in the medical career, but that takes a long time in life to kind of get to where you're enjoying your job. But uh, like anything else out there, it becomes kind of... Uh, stale after a while you know well i think it's kind of funny that you're an anesthesiologist (laughs) and then you got into making beer which is some of the best anesthesia you can have yeah yeah you know you know anesthetize people at work and when you get off work yeah but um always had a, a big passion for craft beer and uh one of my colleagues and i got together and decided to uh accomplish the american dream you know going out and creating a business and growing it and learning and meeting great people and it's just been a blast. It's a great outlet for me. Well, I met you through uh, doing a gig at your venue in Folsom. You know, and you yeah. got a beautiful venue there in Folsom, California, the outdoor patio. And uh, we did a show there last year. Got there for sound check, and you brought out a sampler of all your brews. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and I, after sound check, I came home and was like, oh man, I got to play a show tonight. I better sleep this off. That yeah. was so fun, man. Yeah, 12 tasters of four ounces each. Some people call it the will of death. <laughs> yeah, it's it's literally a will with samplers of all the brews there. And so why don't you tell us about Out of Bounds Brewery and the different flavors you got there? We have our five core beers. We always have those year round. Day Cruiser, Cowbell, Joyrider, Juice Grapefruit. Those are always on. Is that five? Did I miss one? That was it. Is that it? Yeah. 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 <laughs> so, Greg, tell us uh, how long have you been making beer and how did you get started and what sparked your interest in making beer? Drinking beer definitely sparked my interest in <laughs> yeah, yeah. drinking beer. You're like, man, I can just make it. And uh, yeah, I, I, I actually started in cider in my hometown, Colfax. California. I started there literally taking a flat box and turning it into a box that you could put bottles in. Like in your home garage or, or did you have a uh, work for another company? For, for a company. Yeah. It was a Crispin Cider Company, Fox Barrel Cider Company. Uh, they were a small, smaller uh-huh. and uh, they were right in my hometown and friends of family. And, and how old were you when you started doing that? I was actually 20 years old. So I wasn't even legal drinking age when I started working there. Yeah. (laughs) Being part of this process of making the heavy metal hippie double IPA, I've learned so much about it. It's really like a science project. I mean, how long does it take from start to finish? Depending on the beer, um, it can be anywhere from, say, two weeks to, you know, a month plus, um, even over a year for our barrel age offerings. So what I've learned just in my short time of being around you is it starts with the grain. Yes. Right? And then yep. take it from there. Uh, starts with the grain. So you get a whole kernel uh, barley, and you crack it, basically. You put it in a little grinder, kind of like kind of like making coffee. Uh, mix it with hot water at varying temperatures. You make sugar. You're basically just making sugar tea out of grain, and you leave the grain behind, and you keep the liquid, and you boil that. After you boil it, you know, throughout that boiling process, you add some hops for bittering, and then uh, you cool it back down again. You send it into a fermenter, and you add the yeast, and then the yeast eats that sugar and produces alcohol. Okay, so let's stop there for a second. In the video that I just showed you that we're going to show our fans here, um, 
we took three different kinds of grains. We did. Yeah. yeah. And yeah. what are those differences between those three different kinds of grains? So the two-row, um, which is very commonly used in pretty much every brewery, it's very high in fermentable sugar. So we started with the base is that, two-row barley. Uh, we add a little bit of carafoam, which is also a two-row barley, but they process it a little differently in the kiln. Uh, it creates more of a, a dextrin sugar content. It's a dextrin malt, so okay. it's less fermentable. It aids in head retention. Mostly is what we're using it for. Um, maybe a little bit of body. Head retention, meaning like it's not going to be too foamy? Uh, you actually want it to have that foam kind of stand there. Okay. You know, that little bit when you first pour it, it should kind of hang around for a while. We want it to hang around. Wow. See, there's so, so many details that, that the average beer drinker doesn't know. There's a lot of little stuff. that It's little details. Yeah. Yeah. So why do you want that foam to hang around? Tell me. Uh, it looks cool, man. No, <laughs> no. Uh, it aids, you know, uh, you know, to each his own. There's a yeah. lot of theories, but for me, it, it's supposed to be there. It looks good. Uh, it does aid in keeping the the aromas in the beer. Okay, yeah. people people associate a good beer with that foam on top. It should have, you know, good foam. It's protein. It's see, I a think lot this is awesome. I mean, there's truly a craft to making craft beer. I mean, down to the details of the the foam and the head and yep. the, that grain that we just talked about is an essential part of making that happen. It is. And that's yeah. the very first step is the grain. So if you don't get the very first step right, the end result's not going to be right. Absolutely, yeah. There's um, very, very small margins for, for error. Like uh, two degrees in temperature will change that beer. I know. noticed that you keep a very detailed chart of every single step, like uh, the times that you put stuff together and what you do. Yeah, yeah, you have to, and it's, um, you know, a lot of it's just because we're all insane in the brewing industry, and everything's like OCD, uh -huh. um, but, uh, <laughs> but uh, no, you, you, have to keep, you have to keep track of what you're doing, and, and so you can repeat it. Well, yeah, you know, it's funny, because I'm definitely OCD, and as a musician, people that know me as a musician, it's like, my music is all over the place. Yeah. One minute I'm playing heavy metal, next minute I'm playing hippie music. Hence the title, Heavy Metal Hippie. <laughs> right. I, I love country, I love folk, I love jazz, I love all these different things. And I have a funny story. I played my first episode of my podcast for one of my friends, and he's very organized, and he's one of these guys that's just super business-minded. But he's one of my best friends, and I trust his opinion. And the first thing he said to me is, well, I liked your podcast, but it was sure scattered all over the place. <laughs> I'm like, well, what do you expect, man? That's me. Yeah, you know? that's who I am. Yeah, so... Well. So, and I can tell you're a very creative person and probably yeah. that same way, but you've learned to keep track of every single detail when you make a recipe. And again, tell everyone, how many different recipes are you brewing at once? Man, that's a good question. A lot. Yeah. yeah There's a lot. Got, when I was there visiting Out of Bounds Brewery, you had a strawberry flavored beer, you had a maple syrup flavored something or other yeah. breakfast blend or something. Yeah. Yeah. You're right. Yeah. So there's like multiple tanks, right? And how many beers are at once are going in those at the same time? Let's see. We have eight fermenters and five bright tanks. So we got 13 tanks in total, plus the, the brew house system. We could have all of those full, which most of the time we do, plus the stuff that we have aging in barrels and then everything that's stored already in kegs. I mean, we have, yeah, probably like good 20 beers you know different beers in house wow that we rotate through so you got to keep track of all these different details on all those different beers all at once yes yeah so you have a crew then 
Yes, we have help. Lots of help. It requires a small army to keep track of all this stuff. Yeah. Okay, so once the grain gets put into the grinder and then it goes into the boiler, how long does it boil for? It boils for an hour plus. uh, Minimum one hour. Yeah. And in that time, that's when we were sampling <laughs> that day, <laughs> waiting for my cue to pour the hops in. Yep. So it boils for an hour, and it turns into a sugar tea, and then you pour the first batch of hops in. And we poured, was it two? Yeah, we used two varieties. We used Centennial and Simcoe. We did a the ones that you're referring to were a late edition, which was in the Whirlpool, um, basically... Yeah. If you took a pot of any kind of liquid and stirred it with a spoon really fast, that's a whirlpool. Mm-hmm. And it's all that's doing is dropping all the sediment that's in that liquid down to the bottom in a nice little pile at the bottom. Because we yeah. don't want that to go anywhere. We want it to stay. Right. We want to stay in that kettle and, and stay behind. Not make it to the fermenter. All It's called trube. T-R-U-B. And so that process there and that stuff there is called wort. That is wort, yeah. Because the beer consists of four ingredients. Water, barley, hops, and yeast. And we haven't added the yeast yet. So mm-hmm. until you add yeast, it's called wort. Once you add yeast, it's now beer. So now if my memory serves me correctly, I poured the hops into the boiling wort. Yep. And then that boiled for a while. And then it immediately went into a heat-reducing process. It did. And it brought it down from... About 209 to 68. Instantly. Pretty much instant, yep. That's amazing. It is. And then it leaves that machine and gets piped over to the big tank where it lives. Yeah, it lives in the fermenter for about 11 days. And then I came over and we added more hops. We did, yeah. That was the dry hopping. And so once the beer has fermented and the whole the yeast has done its thing and it's all happy making alcohol, and then it goes to sleep. It's done making alcohol, it falls at the bottom of the tank, and now we're ready to add more hops. And that's the dry hop. And that's where Frank climbed up there, very willingly, I might add, <laughs> <laughs> climbed up there to uh, add quite an impressive amount of hops to this beer. And uh, that's where most of the aroma and flavor is coming from. From the dry hop process. From, from the dry hop, yeah. Which we are enjoying right now Yeah. on the Far Out Podcast. It's tasty. It is tasty. Boy, it don't take much. I'm already feeling a little bit buzzed. This is good. I was actually really shocked how similar this is to Joyrider, being that Joyrider has totally different hops. I don't think it has too much residual bitterness at all. I think This tastes know. better than Joyrider to me. You like yeah. it better? The guys at the shop were stoked on it. They loved it. They yeah. like it a lot. Well, the Joyrider, I mean, I love Joyrider, too. Yeah. yeah. My wife, <clears throat> now she's not much of a beer drinker. When she tastes it, it's like, it's got grapefruit in it. Or like, it gave her that citrusy mm-hmm. feel to it. Yeah. I think this has a little less of that. It does. Am I right? I think you're right. I think it's a little less tropical and a little bit more piney. This one's more Mm. piney, more floral. To me, it's more traditional, like an OG West Coast should be. I feel like we've kind of lost this style somewhere along the line. That's a good thing to talk about. Yeah. We, we have, I feel like. So as, if you're you know. still listening out there on the Far Out podcast, you've been eavesdropping to our little conversation we're just having while we're enjoying this awesome, flavorful first batch <laughs> of the good. heavy metal hippie double IPA that you can get at Out of Bounds Brewing Company in Rockland. Rockland, yep. yep. And also at the restaurant in Folsom. At the restaurant in Folsom. And they have a great live music venue. And we're going to be doing a Frank Hannon Band show there to debut the Heavy Metal Hippie Double IPA. Right on. 
We're going to make a VIP experience, and we're also going to have a show, and it's going to be a great time. 2020. Can you believe that already? 2020. We'll see you there. (laughs) It's hard to believe that 2020 is already uh, right around the corner. It's insane. I mean, you know, I remember being a kid thinking 1984 was a long ways away. Yeah, me too. (laughs) So, uh... And what, what year were you born, bro? I was born in 91, man. Oh, man. <laughs> Just wow. kidding. Well, yeah. Greg, it's great to, to meet a young guy like yourself who's like very passionate about what you do and obviously like very, uh, for lack of a better word, successful at what you're doing. I mean, success is measured in the stuff you create, and you, you are creating some awesome beers, and you have a family. I do, yeah. I have uh, my wife, Marissa, and we have two kids, uh, Gregory and Eliana. Uh, my little boy is four, and my daughter, Ellie, is seven. Wow. So we're uh, we're still figuring it out as we go. <laughs> You're like in the prime time, man. That's awesome. It's a lot of fun, actually. A yeah. lot of fun. Now, Greg's been just instrumental in you know, bringing a whole new quality <clears throat> control to the to the brewery and, and just super happy with him as a... Not only is a beer master, but a but a person, really good guy, hardworking guy. Yeah, thank you, thank you. Yeah, I get yeah. a good vibe from him. Thanks, guys. <laughs> you guys are all right. <laughs> so then he's the young buck in this little group here. Yeah. You and I are closer to the same age, yeah. man. Yeah. So you went to medical school and got your doctor degree, and I mean that's impressive, bro. Yeah, a lot of hard work, you know. I mean, but that's that's what it's about. You get out there and put your best foot forward. Always loved science, always, you know, wanted to pursue medicine. And now, um, you know, Out of Bounds has kind of taken a little bit more of my life now. And it's 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 just an amazing company. It's a yeah, lot of fun. It's awesome. So some of you may have heard my first episode with the uh, interview I did with Jesse James Dupree. He said basically the same thing. It's just hard work and perseverance and just, you know, never giving up. My father-in-law, he he told me when I first met him, man, you got to keep swinging. You get knocked yeah. down, just get back up and keep swinging. You know, that's what you got to do as a man in this world. You just, you know, life deals you a curveball or a bunch of bullshit or whatever. Whatever you're doing, you just got to get up and and try new things and don't give up. And I'm getting a little bit buzzed right now. (laughs) I kind of feel like Mike Mike Tyson, you know. I've been watching Mike Tyson's podcast, you know, and yeah. they sit around smoking weed. Yeah. And oh, we're no. sitting around drinking heavy metal drinking hippie. Drinking heavy metal hippie. <laughs> <laughs> Which or is a double IPA. Double IPA, that's right. So speaking of double IPAs, maybe you can tell us what creates a double IPA versus a single IPA. The biggest difference is just the alcohol content. That is that is the factor. It's higher ABV. It's just got more alcohol, man. What creates yeah. that? Uh, more sugar to start with, yeah. You just got to give the yeast more sugar. Okay, so more grain in the beginning then? Yep, yep. Hey, so, I'm figuring it yeah, out. Yeah, you got it. Yeah. <laughs> yep. So instead of like, if I remember correctly, I think this one was like 1,100 or 1,200 pounds of grain that we used, mm-hmm. where like, say like a single IPA, we would have used like seven or eight for, for oh, our okay. system, for our system. So it's not the hops. People might think... It's all about the hops because, you know, all the marketing you see with craft beers and Mm -hmm. and different things, you always see pictures of the hops buds on there. I think they're doing that because it looks like a green bud. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) yeah. A hop bud kind of looks like a green bud, doesn't it? Oh, for sure it does. Yeah. You'd you'd have to agree. Now, do you guys foresee mixing green bud with hop bud at all in the future or what's the the story I think it's a a really tough hill to climb with the alcohol beverage commission and the and the federal ttb they really dissuade putting mixing thc with alcohol 
just the variables that can happen, you know? Yeah. It's so yeah, you're you're seeing, you know, seltzer water with THC in it, or you're seeing beer with with C B D in it, which doesn't have any any uh active ingredients. And uh but but as far as alcohol plus THC, that's a tough one. Yeah, that would I, I can imagine that would really yeah. uh put people to sleep. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it would definitely yeah. would, yeah. But what you do with it when it comes home is is different, but we can't put it in there for you. Right. Okay, but is there such thing as a CBD beer? Yeah, there is. There is. Yeah. Yeah. Where in Colorado or somewhere? Or? Uh, I think a few states have done it. A few different yeah. breweries have done some CBD infused uh, beers, but like Anthony said, you know, there's no no psychoactive. Uh, you know, honestly, in my CBD. opinion, we don't need it because yeah. what we're sipping here is doing the trick. It does the trick. It definitely does. Yeah, you know, and the other thing about the heavy metal hippie is emphasizing it's a it's a clear double IPA. Oh, that's right. It's it's not a hazy double IPA. The the hazy beers have really kind of taken over as far as the IPAs are concerned, but mm-hmm. still, us traditional IPA, double IPA, imperial IPA hopheads, we yeah. still love the clear double IPA. Yeah, it seems to go down easier. It goes, it, yeah, it it's does. a little less heavy. It does. Doesn't hurt your tummy as yeah. much. Yeah, yeah. All that yeast left in suspension on those hazy beers. Not to knock the hazy beers, I think they're great. And the people who are making good ones or making them, period, you know hats off to you but we make them too so mm-hmm. yeah um, but i still like as as a brewer appreciate the the clear beer yeah. so what then what makes a hazy over a clear beer you're saying it's the yeast uh there's a lot of little things that go into it but yeah you you're just so like we we filter this well we don't actually filter it we use a, a coagulant that in quotes filters it uh-huh. uh, just drops all the solids out of the beer down to the bottom of the tank and then we take the clean beer off of that which results in looking like a filtered beer uh, the hazies have a lot of protein and yeast left in suspension. That's what makes it hazy. So then what creates a wheat beer then? Uh, just um, using wheat in, in the grist, in the, you know, wheat as a part of the grain bill. Oh, in the beginning stages of it? Yep, exactly. Oh, interesting. Yeah. Yeah, and we we use a lot of wheat in our hazy beers because um, wheat is higher in protein. Mm-hmm. Protein results in more haze, so okay. in, a, in a fuller body. Um, also in head retention. Head retention. About. Head retention is very important, people. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Work on your head retention. Yeah. All right. You've been listening to the Far Out Podcast. I'm your host, Frank Hannon. I'm here with Anthony Brown and Greg Tui from Out of Bounds Brewing Company. Thank you for listening. Fellas, cheers. 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 Man, what a great time we had today. Yeah, thank you, Frank. All right. Be sure to visit Out of Bounds Brewing Company in Folsom, California, and Rockland, California, Northern California's finest craft beer makers. Yeah, you can check us out at outofboundsbrewing.com. We have Twitter at at OOBBC. Also, Instagram at outofboundsbrewingco. This has been episode six of the Far Out Podcast. Thank you for listening and Merry Christmas, everybody.